what's up everybody happy tuesday um i hope everybody had a great weekend i'm a day late sorry um but yeah i hope you guys had a good weekend hopefully you guys were able to catch some matches there's a lot a lot a lot of football matches on yes we're in the middle of the international break um if you know if you follow some of the if you follow some of the uh some of the lower leagues in europe um they're still going on like you know um anything below the premier league anything below the top leagues they're still going on you know there's some cup action going on if you're not really you know paying attention you could miss some of that i won't be covering any of that in uh in this episode which this is episode number 66 which i can't believe um wow <laughs> i never thought that i'd make it past episode 20 but um episode 66 we're going to be completely staying with uh the theme of national teams and the international break there's a lot of matches that happen. I'm going to try to cover all of them, uh, at least the ones that happened, uh, at least the ones that mattered for the most part. Um, but like I said, there's there's a lot. Uh, Asia, they're still having issues. They, they've had a lot of matches postponed. Um, I didn't really even see any for uh, Oceania. Um, but we'll be hitting South America. Um, CONCACAF still has theirs postponed as well. So we'll be hitting South America, Europe, uh, and Africa um pretty heavily so like i said there's a lot of matches a lot of these names of these countries are going to repeat because you know we've had a lot of matches that have happened since the last time i talked to you guys um we actually had some soccer that matters this time um you know outside of the the uefa nations league not saying it doesn't matter because you know it does have implications for slots for you know the euros or whatever but um we had four matches that were um you know, going to be putting teams into the Euros for next summer. We'll cover those. Um, but first, I'm going to start with last Wednesday's international friendlies. Like I said, there was a lot of them. So just bear with me as I go through all of these. Uh, let's see. We had Greece 2, Cyprus 1, Albania 2, Kosovo 1, Lithuania 2, Faroe Islands 1, Montenegro and Kazakhstan played to a 0-0 draw. Latvia beat San Marino 3-0. Malta beat Liechtenstein 3-0, Belarus lost Romania 5-3, Bulgaria 3, Gibraltar 0, Turkey and Croatia played to a 3-3 draw, Denmark beat Sweden 2-0, Austria beat Luxembourg 3-0, Poland 2, Ukraine 0, Slovenia and Azerbaijan played to a 0-0 draw, Portugal put up 7 over Andorra 7-0, Germany beat the Czech Republic 1-0, Italy 4, Estonia 0, Belgium 2, Switzerland 1, the Netherlands and Spain played to a 1-1 draw, and then France actually lost to Finland. I actually watched some of this game. They didn't seem like they were putting too much effort into it, but France lost to Finland at home uh, 2-0. So um, Then on Thursday, we had, now this, this is tragic to me, but Moldova and Russia played to a 0-0 draw. That's just crazy. Uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina 0, Iran 2. Um, the U.S. and Wales played to a 0-0 draw. That new-look U.S. team looking pretty good, uh, even though Gareth Bale wasn't in that match. Uh, and then England 3, Ireland 0. Then on Friday the 13th, we had Japan 1, Panama 0, and then Costa Rica and Qatar played to a 1-1 draw. Then on Saturday, we had Saudi Arabia 3, Jamaica 0, Mexico uh, 3, South Korea 2. Um, on Sunday, we had Guatemala 1, or excuse me, Guatemala 2, Honduras 1. And then yesterday, 
I mentioned that new look U.S. team. I mean, this this team is is pretty solid. They put up six against Panama, ended up being USA six, Panama two, and then today we had uh, South Korea two, Qatar one, um, Saudi Arabia one, Jamaica two, and then uh, Japan zero, Mexico two. All right, so those are all the friendlies that have happened. Um, I, I believe there's still going to be some friendlies that are going to be played, you know, between now and when the international break does end. We got club soccer coming back this weekend, luckily. Um, and I, I, I'm not sure if this is the last international break of of 2020. I think it is, but I'm not. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, we'll definitely check that out. Um, but you know, I mean, we've we've had some pretty decent, some pretty good matches that have happened outside of you know some of these friendlies. Um, so I mentioned, I think on last week's show also, that uh, we had those last uh, qualifying matches for the Euros. Now, these were supposed to take place in March, uh, you know, because the Euros was supposed to be played this summer. Um, but obviously, those, those got pushed back because of COVID and then trying to find time in the schedule to play them and, you know, this, that and the other. But these were for the final four slots in um, the Euros coming up next uh, next summer now. Um, so we had Hungary two, Iceland one. That was a stunner to me because I definitely thought that Iceland was going to win that and go back to the Euros. We had Northern Ireland one, Slovakia two. Again, that's a little shocking. I just definitely did not see Slovakia, you know, not, not to take anything away from them. I just didn't see them winning that. Another shocker. <laughs> I think actually all of these now that I think about it, uh, we had Serbia and Scotland played to a one, one draw and it ended up going to penalties and Scotland won five to four and then last but not least we had georgia zero north macedonia one so this will be north macedonia's first euros um it's it's pretty shocking because it seems like to me every single team that i thought was going to win for those last qualifying uh, qualifying matches i can't talk today those last qualifying matches they ended up losing so you know you got some teams that are going to be going to the euros for the first time i think there's two or three of them and, you know, but now all the groups are set, which is great. Um, so in for the Euros 2020, Group A, we got uh, Italy, Switzerland, Turkey, and Wales. Then in Group B, we got Belgium, Denmark, fin- Finland, and Russia. Group C, we got Austria, the Netherlands, the Ukraine, North Macedonia. Group D, we got Croatia, Czech Republic, England, and Scotland. Group E, we got uh, Poland, Spain, Sweden, and Slovakia and then in group F which I think is the group of death but there really is no group of death because a third place team can still qualify and I think you know the top three teams in group F are going to qualify um, for the knockout stages we got France Germany Portugal and Hungary now I say that because you know historically Germany has been a good team but if you watched any of the match today uh, with Spain hosting Germany you would definitely have your doubts. And just seeing how Germany has been since the last World Cup, I mean, I, I would venture to say that the the best thing that's happened to Germany in the last two and a half years, I guess, since the, the World Cup in Russia was that, <laughs> that free kick that Tony Kroos scored to beat uh, Sweden. I mean, that was like, that's been like the highlight. Germany really hasn't done anything since then. They've gotten rid of uh, Ozil's not playing anymore for Germany. Neither is uh, Jerome Boateng. 
Mats Hummels isn't playing for them anymore. Um, Thomas Mula. None of those guys are getting picked anymore for the team. I mean, yes, I get it. Some of those guys are a little bit older, but I still think that they would have been able to help Germany. Um, you know, I don't know. Yes, they had a bad showing in 2018, but to kind of gut some of the key players, I don't know. Uh, to me, it just seems like Germany's still suffering from that. And uh, today, today really showed. It, it just showed me just just how off Germany is, and how to me they're not like a they're not a top European team anymore. I never thought I'd say that, but they got a lot of young guys. Hopefully, they'll be able to bounce back. But uh, yeah, that group. Like I said, France, Germany, Portugal, and Hungary. Hopefully, I think those those three, um, out, you know, outside of Hungary, will qualify. But for the knockout part portion, but we'll see. The way Germany's been playing, they may they may lose the group. I don't know. We got a lot of time between now and next summer, um, but there's not that much time. All right. Um, let's see. Moving on to um, the UEFA Nations League match day five. I'm just going to run through these scores. Um, this past Saturday, we had Portugal 0, France 1, Sweden 2, Croatia 1, Germany 3, Ukraine 1, then Switzerland and Spain played to a 1-1 draw, Azerbaijan and Montenegro played to a 0-0 draw, Cyprus 2, Luxembourg 1, Malta 3, Andorra 1, Latvia and Faroe Islands played to a 1-1 draw, and San Marino and Gibraltar played to a 0-0 draw. Sunday... Uh, November 15th, we have the Netherlands 3, Bosnia and Herzegovina 1, Italy 2, Poland 0, Belgium 2, England 0, Denmark 2, Iceland 1, Austria 2, Northern Ireland 1. The match between Romania and Norway was postponed. I don't know the reason behind that. Uh, Slovakia 1, Scotland 0, Czech Republic 1, Israel 0, Turkey 3, Russia 2, Hungary and Serbia played to a 1-1 draw. Bulgaria 1, Finland 2, Wales beat Ireland 1-0, North Macedonia 2, Estonia 1, Georgia 1, Armenia 2, Moldova 0, Greece 2, Slovenia 2, Kosovo 1, then Belarus beat Lithuania 2-1, and then Albania beat Kazakhstan 3-1. Match day 6, which was uh, today, actually, we had Croatia 2, Portugal 3, France 4, Sweden 2, Spain 6, Germany 0. The match between Switzerland and the Ukraine was abandoned. I'm not sure the story behind that yet. Uh, Montenegro 4, Cyprus 0. Luxembourg and Azerbaijan played to a 0-0 draw. Andorra 0, Latvia 5. Let's see, Malta 1, Faroe Islands 1. And then Gibraltar and Liechtenstein played to a 1-1 draw. So tomorrow... Um, are the final games of match day six, except for maybe those two, um, let's see, Romania and Norway, as well as Switzerland, Ukraine, they're probably going to need to be made up. Um, here's what we got. We got Bosnia and Herzegovina hosting Italy, Poland versus Netherlands, Belgium versus Denmark, England versus Iceland, Austria hosting Norway, Northern Ireland hosting Romania, the Czech Republic versus Slovakia, uh, Israel hosting Scotland. Serbia versus Russia, Hungary versus Turkey, Ireland versus Bulgaria, Wales versus Finland, Armenia versus North Macedonia, Georgia versus Estonia, Greece versus Slovenia, Kosovo hosting Moldova, 
Kazakhstan versus Lithuania and Albania hosting Belarus. Excuse me. So, uh, as of right now, yes, there's still matches that need to be played and some that need to be made up. But this is this is how the the table looks right now for um, the UEFA Nations League. We got Group A1: Italy sitting on top, followed by the Netherlands, Poland, and Bosnia and Herzegovina. Group A2: We got Belgium on top, Denmark, England, and Iceland. A3: We got France on top, followed by Portugal, Croatia, and Sweden. A4. Spain is on top now, followed by Germany, Ukraine, and Switzerland. Group B1, we got Austria, Norway, Romania, and Northern Ireland. Group B2, we got Scotland on top, followed by Czech Republic, then Israel, and Slovakia. Group B3, we got Russia, Hungary, Turkey, Serbia. Group B4, Wales, Finland, Ireland, and Bulgaria. C1, Montenegro, Luxembourg, Azerbaijan, and Cyprus. C2, we got North Macedonia on top, followed by Armenia, Georgia, and Estonia. Group C3, Slovenia, Greece, Kosovo, Moldova. Group C4, Belarus, Albania, Lithuania, and Kazakhstan. D1, the Faroe Islands is on top, followed by Malta, Latvia, and Andorra. And then Group D2, we got Gibraltar, Liechtenstein, and San Marino. Um... Yeah, I mean that that's a lot to a lot to digest. <laughs> there's a lot of a lot of games played in Europe and you know, like I said, there's still some more to be played tomorrow. Tomorrow being Wednesday, um, most of the the top leagues in Europe are gonna resume on Friday. That gives, you know, the players enough time to, you know, get back to their clubs. Hopefully, um, you know, some of the teams that had a majority of players play for the national teams, they'll get uh, they'll get to play on Saturday or even Sunday. Um, so there's not too much, you know, player fatigue and, you know, being reintroduced to their uh, to their club teammates because, you know, there have been a, a few uh, positive coronavirus tests like Mo Salah from. Uh, he plays for Egypt, this is his national team, but from Liverpool, you know, so he's going to be out for two weeks. That's going to affect them. They're playing this weekend. Yeah. All right. Uh, on to the Africa Cup of Nations um, this past Wednesday. Um, we had Guinea 1, Chad 0, Mauritania and Burundi played to a 1-1 draw, uh, Ken- Kenya 1, Cameroos 1, Senegal beat Guinea-Bissau 2-0, Libya lost to Equatorial Guinea 3-2, then on this past Thursday we had Uganda 1, South Sudan 0, uh, Ghana 2, Sudan 0, Gabon 2, the Gambia 1, Cameroon beat Mozambique four to one. Zambia beat Botswana two to one. Algeria three. Zimbabwe one. Congo two. Eswatini zero. Cote d'Ivoire two. Madagascar one. And then Cape Verde and Rwanda played to a zero zero draw. Uh, let's see. Friday we had Mali one. Namibia zero. South Africa beat Sao Tome and Principe two to zero. Morocco four. Central African Republic one. Tunisia beat Tanzania 1-0, Niger defeated Ethiopia 1-0, Nigeria and Sierra Leone played to a 4-4 draw. This past Saturday, we had the Democratic Republic of Congo and Angola played to a 0-0 draw. Egypt defeated Togo 1-0, Benin beat Lesotho 1-0. Yesterday, Malawi and Burkina Faso played to a 0-0 draw. South Sudan defeated Uganda 1-0. 
Sao Tome and Principe 2, South Africa 4, The Gambia 2, Gabon 1, Mozambique 0, Cameroon 2, Zimbabwe and Algeria play to a 2-2 draw, Botswana 1, Zambia 0, Eswatini and Congo play to a 0-0 draw. Today, let's see, we had Sudan 1, Ghana 0, Angola 0, DR Congo 1, Central African Republic lost to Morocco 2-0, Rwanda and Cape Verde played to a 0-0 draw, uh, Togo lost to Egypt 3-1, Tanzania and uh, Tunisia 1-1 draw, and then Madagascar and Cote d'Ivoire played to a 1-1 draw, Ethiopia 3, Niger 0, Lesotho and Benin 0-0, as well as Sierra Leone and Nigeria. So, as far as Africa Cup of Quality, uh, Cup of Nations qualifiers, they're done. They have no more games unless they're making up games, um, you know, that were abandoned or postponed or, you know, they haven't canceled any. Um, so they're done until, I believe, March is when they're going to resume. So I'm going to go through the table again. I mentioned before it's like 55 teams, just like Europe. It's a lot. So um, Group A, we got Mali on top, followed by Guinea, Namibia, and Chad. Group B, Burkina Faso, Uganda, Malawi, and South Sudan. Group C, Ghana, South Africa, Sudan, and Sao Tome and Principe. Group D, The Gambia, Gabon, DR Congo, and Angola. Group E, Morocco, Mauritania, Burundi, and Central African Republic. Group F, Cameroon, Mozambique, uh, Cape Verde, Rwanda. Group G, Cameros, Egypt, Kenya, and Togo. Group H, Algeria, Zimbabwe, Botswana, and Zambia. Group I, Senegal, Congo, Guinea-Bissau, and Eswatini. Group J, Tunisia, Equatorial Guinea, Tanzania, and Libya. Group K, Cote d'Ivoire, Madagascar, Ethiopia, and Niger. And then Group L, Nigeria, Benin, Sierra Leone, and Lesotho. That was a lot to go through. <laughs> okay, so moving on down to South America and Common Bowl World Cup qualifying match day three. Last Thursday, we had uh, Bolivia 2, Ecuador 3, and then Argentina and Paraguay played to a 1-1 draw. Then on Friday the 13th, we had Colombia 0, Uruguay 3, Chile 2, Peru 0, and then Brazil beat Venezuela. So as of right now, after match day three, we got Brazil sitting on top with nine points, followed by Argentina with seven. Uh, Ecuador and Uruguay both have six. In fifth, we got Paraguay with five. Chile's in sixth with four points. Colombia is in seventh with four points. Peru is in eighth with one, followed by Venezuela, zero points, and Bolivia also on zero points. Um... As of the recording of this show, I don't have the scores for the matches for uh, match day four. They're, they are being played today, though. So we got Ecuador hosting Colombia. I think I made a mistake here. I must have made a mistake here because I have some doubles. All right. Completely forget. I will have those scores for you next week because I, my notes, I just screwed up my notes a little bit. Yes. All right, with that, though, I'm going to double-check this, and I'm going to take a quick break. I will be right back. (music) 
and I'm back. Okay, so for match day four for Comet Bowl, uh, World Cup qualifying, we got Ecuador hosting Colombia, Venezuela hosting Chile, Paraguay hosting Bolivia, Uruguay versus Brazil, and Peru hosting Argentina. Yeah, my notes. I, I must have been working on them late because I had some doubles in there. There's only 10 teams, so there, there can't be seven matches for match day four. I don't know how I how I completely messed that up. I, I really, really don't know. All right. Um, so, you know, over the last couple of weeks, I've been talking about the different confederations and doing just, you know, like a, a brief breakdown on them. And this week we are up to the Confederation of African Football or CAF. They govern... Uh, CAF governs football in Africa. Um, there's 56 members. They're broken down into a few groups. Um, I'm going to go group by group. We got the Union of North, A- North African Football Federations with five members. There's Algeria, Egypt, Libya, Morocco, and Tunisia. The West African Football Union with 16 members. We got Benin, Burkina Faso, Cape Verde, Cote d'Ivoire, Gambia, Ghana, Guinea, Guinea-Bissau, Liberia, Mali, Mauritania, Niger, Nigeria, Senegal, Sierra Leone, and Togo. The Central African Football Federations Union with eight members, Cameroon, Central African Republic, Chad, Congo, the Democratic Republic of Congo, Equatorial Guinea, Gabon, and Sao Tome and Principe. Then you have the Council of East and Central Africa Football Associations, with Burundi, Djibouti, Eritrea, Ethiopia, Kenya, Rwanda, Somalia, South Sudan, Sudan, Tanzania, Uganda, and Zanzibar. Now, Zanzibar is not a member of FIFA, um, and only their club teams can compete in African competitions. Next, we have the Council of Southern African Football Associations with Angola, Botswana, Cameros, Eswatini, Lesotho, Madagascar, Malawi, Mauritius, Mozambique, Namibia, Seychelles, South Africa, Zambia, and Zimbabwe. And then there is also um, a non-regional member that's also not a member of FIFA, and that's Reunion. Now, if you remember your geography, Reunion is a huge island off the east coast of Africa. Um, I'm pretty sure that they are French, or they're like a French protectorate. Um, but don't quote me on that. Not a hundred percent sure. I just remember when I was in eighth grade, we had like a, a kid that came over from reunion. Um, he was pretty cool. And I just don't, I don't really remember everything that there is to know about reunion. All right. So a little bit of history it was founded in February, 1957, um, by the FAs of Egypt, Sudan, South Africa, and Ethiopia in Kortam, uh, Sudan. And the headquarters is currently located in 6th of October City in Egypt. Moving on to competitions for national teams. As I mentioned during the show, there's the Africa Cup of Nations. Right now they're doing qualifying for that. Um, The Africa Cup of Nations was started in 1957, and it is the championship for the continent of Africa. The tournament, unlike the Euros and the South American Championship, the Copa America, it takes place every two years which I think they're trying to change and move it to every four years, but they have specific reasons why they do it like that. And it's mostly to give some African footballers exposure so they can move on to bigger clubs. Um, The group stage is made up of 24 teams in groups of six. 
the top two teams from each group advance to the knockout stage, as well as the four best third place finishers from each group. That's just like the Euros. Traditionally, the competition took place in the early months of the calendar year, but it was recently moved to the summer to prevent clashing with the European calendar. But <laughs> the 2021 version of the competition had to be moved back, um, you know, due to COVID, but also because, um, sorry, it's not because of COVID. It's because of the weather. They wanted to uh, host it in Cameroon, but during the summer, the weather, it's like the rainy season. So they had to, they had to change it and move it to January of 2022. Sorry, it was not because of COVID. Um, I'm blaming COVID for everything. COVID is, is you know, the root of our problems right now. Anyway, uh, Egypt is the most successful nation with seven wins, but Algeria, they're the current champions. They won it back in 2019. Uh, as far as club competitions, there is the CAF Champions League. It began in 1964 as the Africa Cup of Champions Club. Uh, the tournament format starts with 64 teams in a knockout phase, and the winners of the first round move into the group stage, which is only 16 teams in four groups of four. Uh, the losing 16s, uh, 16 teams from that knockout tournament before the group stage, they get moved into the, the CAF Confederation Cup. It's a second-tier competition similar to the Europa League. Um, the winners and runner-up from each group then move to the knockout stage. The winner of the tournament represents CAF in the annual FIFA Club World Cup and qualify for the CAF Super Cup to be played against the winners of the Confederation Cup. Al-Ali from Egypt are the most successful club with eight wins, and ES Tunis from Tunisia are the current champions. So now you have the CAF Confederation Cup. I just mentioned that it's the second tier club competition. Um, it consists of a group stage with 16 teams. They put in the groups of four. Uh, the most successful club in the competition is CS Sfaxen from Tunisia with three wins, but the current champions are RS Barkani from Morocco. And the winner qualifies to play against the winner of the CAF Champions League in the CAF Super Cup. And I literally just mentioned this, but the winners of both the CAF Super Cup, or excuse me, the CAF Champions League and the CAF Federation Cup play um, for the Continental Super Cup. Al-Ali from Egypt is the most successful club in the competition and Zamalek from Egypt are the current title holders. So that's just a little brief bit about um, the Confederation of African Football. If you've never had the chance to watch any African football, whether it's on the club or the national team level, I definitely suggest that you check it out if you get the chance. It's it's kind of like watching, I mean it doesn't really matter I guess where you're watching, but so many of us are so like Europe Central, even South American heavily focused on but if you watch like europe or excuse me north american soccer like in the u.s and you try to compare that to european soccer it's gonna look completely different or football i know some of you guys have been saying why do you call it soccer why do you call it football sorry it's interchangeable for me i say both you know because i hear one i hear soccer all day but then i try to call it football sorry but uh it's the same thing with african football if you if you watch it you're gonna see that that they have their own unique style and it's not just african because every single region and part of africa has a different type of football culture and it's like i said if you ever get the chance to watch it just especially like a south american or excuse me south african league game they're, they're pretty amazing um and obviously it's going to be easier to probably catch some of the the teams from south africa and probably some of the teams from northern africa um 
because those are the ones that are going to be easier to be broadcast or, or you know for you to find. Um, some of the, the countries in between those two, it's it's a little little bit different difficult to uh, to catch those on TV or you know unless you know where to look for them, you may not be able to find them. So, but you guys should definitely check that out. If you don't, just wait till the Africa Cup of Nations. Watch it. It's it's really it's a really really good good tournament. I spent a lot of time. Um, in Africa, which I know I've mentioned before on the podcast, and I've watched a lot of African football, uh, both at the club and national level, and it's it, it's pretty, it's interesting to say the least, and if you're expecting Vuvuzelas the whole time, like from the 2010 World Cup, that's not what you're going to get. Um, they Their players are, you know, depending on the country, um, they have some, some really, really, really good players. Um, the problem is a lot of them don't end up staying in Africa, because if they're really good, they're going to get scooped up by a team in Europe. Um, you know, in some cases they'll go to the Middle East as well. Uh, but yeah, if you get the chance to check out, check out some African football, it's, it's really, really good. Um, next week I'll be going over, uh, Conrad Bowl, it's only 10 teams. Um, I actually started working on my notes for it already. It's 10 teams. It's, it's pretty quick. Um, even though South America is like a football kind of powerhouse. Um, but yeah, so just wanted to share that with you guys. So before I go, um, I was, you know, kind of scanning through the news a little bit and I came across this article and I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I think I did, but it was probably like last summer or something. And this article was talking about a potential merger. Now people have been talking about this for years, but a potential merger between the MLS and the Liga Mex in Mexico, the Liga MX is what it's called. And, you know, how that would be great for both leagues both countries and you can't really say both countries because it really would end up being three countries because of canada as well um and you know i never really put too much thought into it but ever since i read that article i've been thinking i even like sketched some stuff out and i drew some stuff up and you know i was kind of bored and a lot of american football fans soccer fans have been complaining or been wanting for there to be relegation and promotion in, you know, the MLS. Now, unlike Europe, because we don't have clubs, we have franchises kind of like, you know, in professional basketball, baseball and football, American football. It's kind of hard. It, it really all ultimately comes down to money. Now, I think that if we if there happened to be a merger somehow between the Mexican League and a Canadian league as well, and the MLS, there might be, you know, I don't want to call it like a super league, but I guess it would be for like the continent. If there was a way to do that, then I think it'd be the perfect opportunity to introduce a promotion and relegation system. Now, I think you would have to go at least three leagues in order to do that. But, and I think that there'd be a lot of pushback from the American team specifically because of money, because, you know, the fan bases are there, but whether or not you, you can get the talent to be there is a different story in a situation where you have promotion or relegation, um, because also you would have to introduce some type of financial regulation and, you know, this, that, and the other. And uh, MLS, I think right now has a good product. I think, you know, Liga Mex has a pretty good product as well. The Canadian Premier League that they just got started, I think it's only eight or nine teams. Um, but I, I really do think that 
you could do three leagues and make that work. Now, is that something that would happen in the next like 10 to 15 years? Probably not. I think because right now the MLS is so heavily focused on expansion. I personally think they're trying to get up to 32, 32 teams. Um, but who knows? Maybe if they get the 32 teams, then maybe they cut them in half, do a 16 and 16 MLS one MLS two type thing. Um, but if they didn't do that, there's enough teams in Mexico. Plus, like I mentioned, the Canadian premier league has eight or nine teams. And I think their plan is to get up to 12 or 16. I think we could definitely possibly make something like that happen. My little sketches and everything seem to make sense to me, but they may not make sense to everybody else. Um, but yeah, that was just something that I that I came across and that I was I was thinking about, and it, I was thinking about it so much that it got me to the point that I literally was writing stuff down and drawing up plans and uh, trying to figure out what what a league like that would be called. I mean, you'd have to call it the North American something something. Um, but yeah, let me know what you guys think about that, especially if you're if you listen to or excuse me not listen to, but if you watch a lot of Liga MX or if you're Canadian. And, you know, the Canadian Premier League, I think it's about to start its second season or it might be in a second going into the third. Let me know what you guys think. Because I know, like I said, a lot of Americans would love for there to be a promotion and relegation type system in American football. Um, it just because of the franchise thing, it just doesn't seem like it'll ever happen. So let me know what you guys think. I'll put the link tree link in the show notes. And uh, yeah, that's all I got for this week. So. Um, as always, feel free to hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. You can email me as well. Um, if you want to try to play me in FIFA, I'm playing FIFA 21 just to let you guys know. And, you know, I did get a PlayStation five, so I'm playing on PlayStation five, but I can still play anybody that has a PS4. It doesn't matter. Um, football boy RH, that's my PlayStation network ID. Um, so just let me know, send me a request. We'll play. I'm not that good, but uh, just let me know and we can we can do it. So I want to thank you guys for listening. Um, you guys have a great week. Club football is back this weekend. So, um, yes, thanks for listening. Have a great week. Take care of yourselves. Yo, real quick on this COVID crap. The numbers are blowing up over here in the U.S. So for, for my American listeners and forget it for everybody, all the listeners, yo, please, please be safe. Please be safe. If you don't have to take a risk, don't do it. Keep your asses at home. Watch some football. Wash your hands. Wash your mask. Take care of yourselves. And make sure you guys are drinking water. I'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening. All right. Bye.